Hello and welcome to another episode of Fools Daily. Um, I'm talking to you from inside my nuclear blasts battle bunker. You found that hard to say, didn't you? What, my nuclear blast battle bunker? You nearly said it wrong again. <laughs> That's because I'm worried. The world, the world outside has come to an end. Just, just make sure that it's properly sealed. It is. It is. I've got Conrad in here with me. There may and be women sheep. in here. And so. some sheep. And some oh, sheep. sheep. <laughs> Hello, sheepy. No, now we'll get complaints from Dominic, won't we? Well, what, that we've stolen we, all his sheep? We know. That, uh, <laughs> well, Dom's here with us as well. But he's gagged. We can't see him. <laughs> <laughs> he's gagged. How have you gagged him, Conrad? Uh, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not going there anymore. <laughs> oh. See, oh, see, I just thought of a... A, a slightly political joke where you could do with, you know, balls gag. Oh, no. <laughs> I was going to say with my post-Holocaust gimp mask. <laughs> well, you need that for one of the gangs because they all wear gimp masks. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Mad Max. I haven't seen the new one. That's out this weekend. Oh, yeah. made the full team. That looks good, that does. It does. It looks as though it's going to be very high octane. Yeah, and I read somewhere that it's at 15. That they're not cutting it down to make it a 12A. Ooh. It does look as though there's going to be some rather violent bits in it. It does. It does. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Anyway. Yes. So inside our post-apocalyptic... Fiddlesticks. <laughs> we were in the post apocalyptic. I can't even say it now either. We're in, the, we're in our post apocalyptic battle bunker. Yes. Um, why are we in our post apocalyptic battle bunker? I don't know, but I'm going to stop bloody saying you it. You could look at a pab, couldn't you? A pab, that'll work, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. We're, okay, in the pab. Um, <laughs> that sounds like you're an Australian saying, I'm in the pab now, mate. Having a, having a beer. <laughs> is, that, is that your Australian accent? Yes. Don't give up the day job. Okay. Um, Could you pull me? I up? have a new. I have a new love. Oh no! Yeah. You're not going to make people go and buy some more stuff, are you? Oh yeah. Um, you know what I'm like. <laughs> I know what you're like in terms of uh, in terms of fueling the narrative, fueling the the imagination. So yes, it doesn't yes. surprise me that you are looking at games where you are in this sort of pseudo yeah. fallout situation. So, so post-apocalyptic games. Yeah. Though speaking of fueling the narrative, I played um, Saga the other day mm-hmm. against Pete. Got absolutely battered, so back to normal. The imagery running through my head as I was playing it was brilliant. What? What were you? Um, I was like, my I was my pagan Russ barbarian. Yeah. And Boris was running around going, and he it it got to a point that I was obviously going to lose, and so Boris just charged a warrior unit all by himself. <laughs> And Pete went, I shall play this dice and play this dice and play this dice. And I get 27,000, because he was playing Scots. I shall get 27,000 dice to roll hits against you. And you get one dice to roll hits against me. At which point Boris went, 
bugger. Were you playing a, <laughs> um, uh, a different scenario this time or not? No, we just played um, a straight up sort of pitch, pitch battle, battle type thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then we had a good discussion afterwards about um, how to manipulate the pagan rust. I'm finding the boards quite difficult, um, but we should talk about that another time. <laughs> so yes, so yes, so the whole fueling the narrative thing. Um, I've been doing it quite a lot with steampunky type stuff recently, and fistful of kung fu, obviously. But I haven't had a rule set to play with. Um. You know, figures with guns, or but, that whole thing. But I thought you didn't like. No, <laughs> it's, I thought you didn't like the shooty things that go pop, 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 like that. Well, yeah. So what's going on there? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's not just shooty things. I just, don't, I just don't like. Perhaps it's just game. I don't like gaming relatively modern combat because I don't like World War One gaming. I don't like World War Two gaming. I don't like Napoleonics. Yeah. Um, I've played a couple of games of pike and shot type gaming, which was quite fun. Um, so maybe it's I don't know. Uh, uh, I, that appeals to me, pike and shot. If if I had endless time and money on and money and yeah, because uh, that, that is that is a crossover between sort of essentially medieval arms and armour plus the smattering of black powder coming into it, you know. Yeah, and you've got musket smoke going across the battlefield. Yes. Things like that. Um, but anyway, so I sort of, I was just struck one day. I was thinking, oh, I could do some post-apocalyptic gaming. And so I started to look around for rule sets. Um, and I found two. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there, there are several out there, but I found two that piqued my interest. Right. Um, and I'm hoping to get both of the authors of the rules on the show. Um, I've set up the I've set up the interview with one of them, and the other one we're still trying to work out dates. Um, so I'm hopeful that we'll get them on. But I have. Um, so I found two set, Basically, I found two sets of rules that I like. One is from uh, a company called Dead Earth Games, based out of. They're from the UK. Oh, okay. Um, their game is across called Across the Dead Earth, mm-hmm. and is unique, I think, um, certainly in the post-apocalyptic gaming stuff that I found, in that it's set in Britain. Ooh. So all the artwork in the rule book and everything is, you know iconic British monuments shattered and, you know, a red, red telephone box and things like that. Um, and the other the other one that I've got is published by a, a company called World's End Publishing. Yep. Um, who are an American outfit. They're on the um, east coast of America. And their game is called This Is Not A Test. Oh, I like the title. Or TNT. Uh, and there's they're two really interesting sets of rules Um, what's the figure count like for these things five six it's Necromunda style right okay and that's I think that's one of the reasons I think it appeals to me the whole idea of this genre is that um 
I used to really like Necromunda. Um, I liked the sort of progression system and everything that went with it. Um, but when I went back to playing it again recently, 18 months or so ago, um, the mechanics felt very dated Yep. compared with the games that I was playing now. You know, the whole you-go-I-go um, mechanic rather than individual models activating Yep. just feels clunky. Uh, and so I didn't play very much of that, but you know, I've got figures for it and I've had, um, heresy, the heresy trench coat gangers for years. They do every time, stuff though, Harris. Yeah. Every time, every time Andy sculpts a new one, then I put in my little order and get, get an extra figure for my gang. Um, and I, th- I looked at these and I thought oh, I can use that. And the other thing that I think inspired me is Fallout. Yep. What, the computer go? Yeah. Really love Fallout 3. Really love Fallout New Vegas. The rumours have been swirling around for a while that Fallout 4 is coming. And um, there was an announcement this week that apparently the new big rumour is there's going to be a 30-minute test demo type thing of Fallout 4 at E3 this year, which is, you know, a month away. And that just sort of fired me up. And I, as I say, I went out and I looked around, and because I've got figures, um, a few of the guys locally, um, you know, thought, "Oh yeah, that sounds like a good, that sounds like fun." Um, so Dwayne, one of our, you know, regular gaming guys, the guy who I play Ogham with and stuff, um, he's not mega into the whole steampunky thing. He doesn't but like the dystopian stuff. Really, no, he's not mega into that. But he likes, is in he likes post-apocalyptic stuff. So he's been painting this beautiful-looking mutant gang. I'm really nice. And I think the other thing that it triggers with me, I recently picked up a copy of the Judge Dread rulebook from um, from Mongoose. Yep. Slash Warlord. And I like. I always like. I've always liked Judge Dread, and I like the. The how it portrays the you know a the world. world, yeah. But I think I'm at a point with my gaming now that I don't want to be tied in necessarily to a range of figures and a fixed a fixed range. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, it does. Yeah. Um, because I think I'll probably end up using some Judge Dread figures in one of one or the other of these games. Uh, because I really like them, but and not going to play judge dread yeah i mean i might i might have a judge gang i might take some judges and you know that's their get that's their gang but 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 i think games like more time and necromunda allow well if you are the the sort of gamer you know the i would say an old school gamer to a certain extent pre being given it fed on a plate sort of thing you know uh in terms of rule sets and these are the figure ranges etc etc yeah um I, I remember running a campaign uh a necromunda campaign where i was i was looking to use cybermen from doctor who and um other figures from other ranges sort of thing to to, to put into it you know uh i was going to use one of the two-legged walkers because that had imagery from the the alien film um 
so I wanted to to use that in some way. I wanted to I wanted to have uh, an elder jet bike flying around because I just like the figure, the you know the 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 Viper bike sort of thing. Yeah, and I wanted that to be part of it. So I think if you're of the mindset where you want to make stuff up, then you can yeah. do it, and that happens. That can be done with any war game, but certainly with these these uh, free uh, freedom sort of rule sets, where you can you, you have the freedom to to put whatever you want in and configure stuff and everything. Um, having that choice is great because you get to use stuff that you never would no- normally use in anything else, really. Yeah, and that's I think that's what I what I like about it, and it's certainly one of the things that's appealing. You know, I've 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 just got ideas for gangs running through my head, and um, the cool thing about the post-apocalyptic stuff is that you can go with all those wacky ideas because um, you've got a higher technology limit. Well, you could go anywhere you might... with that. You know, you could go. To yeah. Dates, well, I've I've you know I've got thing to to the Mad Max type stuff to, to whatever, you know? Yeah, so I've got this idea. I've I've already got in my head this whole story planned out. So I'm starting off with a, you know, a caravan, a, a supplier of stuff to um, various settlements and things. But um, they're protected by the guy. They, they hire, they've hired the trench coat guys as their bodyguards, as their muscle. Yep. But then I already have in my head that the trench co- the trenchers are a separate organization. You know, they do- they don't belong to the caravanners. They're a separate organization. And then I've got that gang as well as a separate gang. Yep. Sort of thing. And then I've already got stories playing in through, you know, of how that develops and stuff. So these games, are they sort of pseudo-RPG character right. development type games? Or are they... Yeah, they both have, they both have campaign systems in them the the major difference between the two i mean the major thematic difference if you will um other than the fact that one's set in the tri-state area in the u.s and one's set in the uk and to be honest that doesn't make a massive amount of difference in gameplay um, it makes a difference from how you make might perceive your models yes um the big difference that I see in them is in gang creation. Right. So, um, TNT has what you would consider a more traditional uh, creation mechanism in that you pick uh, your gang type and then you pick model archetypes out of that gang type. So you, you know, so take the ca- so there is a caravanners gang type, and there are two possible leaders for that. Um, one is you know uh, the caravan master, and one's much more of a um, a credit broker type person. And then you pick models that, or you pick gang members from effectively a list. And the list, you know, it's a custom. It, they're customizable, but they start with a certain set of stats, and this is where you go, and this sort of thing. So, very much like a traditional um, gangy small type, skirmish, yeah. small skirmish type game. So, uh, 
it's very similar to you know Necromunda, where you would have you know you'd pick a juve or a heavy or that sort of thing, and that's how it, that's how it plays. Across the Dead Earth is a much more, I think, RPG-like system. Okay. There are no prescribed gang types. You're only limited by your imagination. Uh, so you basically you have a certain amount of script points, and the same applies in TNT. And then you go, right, I'm going to have a leader type, and I'm going to make him this. And there is effectively a skill tree that you go down, similar to how um, certain RPGs did it back in the 80s. And, you know, you get talent levels and things like that. And that's what sets up your your gang. But there is no prescribed, this is the background ethos to it sort of thing. You you know, there's there's this is because you're a trade no let's take another one in tnt so the um the protectors of technology um you know they have a higher but if you play a protector of technology game you're more likely to have um things like fusion weapons and stuff like that right so you're, you're developing a flavor for the gang as such yes well no the flavor for the gang in tnt is is defined for you right whereas in um across the dead earth it isn't it's a much more open design system so you can have people from all walks of life as such to yes to... yes and that that i think is the big the big difference the i mean the other the other thing with it is is that um uh tnt is obviously inspired by fallout uh the um the gang types and things are all very close to archetypes that you'd see in a Fallout game. Right. Um, and it, I think, you know, that's one of the reasons that I like that rule set as well, is that they... You've got something to it, identify it is, with. It is matching with my yeah. my Fallout wishes. I mean, look, just listening to you about the two games, I think I'd want the one where there was a bit more freedom to put different types of people into my game. Yeah, I think I think I think and that's across the dead earth. I think the 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 learning curve for that one is higher. Which often means there probably is a greater reward. Yeah, it, I think there's there's and I I have to admit I haven't played either of them yet. Yeah. So these um, are just first impressions I said. These are just first impressions of of flick it, literally flicking through the rule book. Um and, you know, I'm using the same models for either game. And we were talking about it down the club last night about, um, yeah, well, we'll play several games of each and decide which decide which rule like? set yeah. we like. Yeah. And then that's the one we're likely to go forward with. Um, and it's such a low investment in models that you need. You know, you need five or six models. What about, I mean, do you do you play this on a board? And it's Yeah, it's a standard straight up. Um, three by three, four by four. Three by th- three by three uh, game. Uh, you know, selection of terrain and all of that sort of stuff. So it, I mean, it's it's all pretty standard stuff. Yeah. Um, the rules mechanics are are different. Um, they're using some of the you know these new dice mechanics where they're saying um, these are the number of dice you roll for this particular stat. Okay. Have you seen those sorts of rules? No, mechanics? I don't think I have actually. So it might say that you, for um, your shooting, you use a d10. Right. Okay. For for melee, you'd use a d4. Right. 
So the dice that you get to use automatically restrict the range of values that you can score. Yes. So it kind of means that something could be more variable than and yes than than other things. Yes. So it, they're they're both really interesting rule sets. What are what are the um, actual rule sets like in terms of production? Oh, they're Is both excellent. They're both excellent. Softback, hardback, or um, they're both PDF. Um, there is a softback for um, across the dead earth. It's um, same sort of size as it's the same sort of format as an Osprey book. So small ish. So it's small. It's smallish um, thing, but full color. Yep. Um, throughout, decent, really decent nice artwork. Decent artwork in both. I mean, you can't. Both of them have not scrimped on production values. Right. I think that I think that the art in both is really nice. Um, you know, it gives it gives the impression of what you know what you need and things like that. Uh, it, it sets up just reading through it. You can it helps you envisage the world in your head. Uh, so. I think they're both. I think they're both. I think they're both excellent. Both have miniature ranges. You could go anywhere with this, Mike. You know that. You could, oh yeah. You could go anything anywhere to to sort of taking some of the ideas of what we were thinking about for the core to yeah aliens. Yeah. So, dinosaurs. Oh, they, so they both have active Facebook groups. Um, and you know people are posting up their gangs on there. So um, there was a gang posted up there today. Um, basically, space Nazis. Yeah. Uh, some he's using some beautiful figures in it. I think there's um some GW figures and things. Um, remember, I think we talked in the past about that um robot Adolf Hitler figure. Oh yes, yes. So he's using that as his leader. <laughs> um, so some absolutely beautiful models. I mean, really, really nice. Um, Cross over to dystopian type stuff. He, yeah, you know. yeah. There's a, there's another guy who's got um, again. He's got a load of figures, but they're all from different ranges. He's got um, you know a GW looking one in there, an Infinity robot. All that sort. Of, so you could play. You know, um, take a Neil Blo- take a Neil Blokamp film and his robot designs and things. Yep. yep. You can use those. Um, and it's it's really limited by your imagination. I mean, as I say, I've got this caravanners gang with the, the trenches mercenaries. But I'm also thinking that perhaps, you know, there's some remnants of authority left, which means that I can use some of those really nice hard sci-fi figures, you know, with the, the angled armor and yes. things. Yes, as a sort of security um, police. As a security force. Or, well, what, about you know, sent t- out. what about that flyer sort of figure? With the the helicopter thing that you got, was it from Volsung? Which one was that? I'm sure there was like a a, a gyrocopter thingy figure that that was in a Kickstarter that you backed, and you went for that one as well. Because again, I'm, that's straight out of the original Mad Max, the bloke in the in the gyrocopter. Oh yes, yes. Okay, I know which one you mean. I, now. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't well. do that in the end. Oh, you didn't? Because that would be no. cool. Yeah. Or the um, the jet bike figures that are from Spartan and and Wild West Exodus as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could you could do masses of stuff because I can see, you know I can see an air balloon as well. Yeah, well, you only need to look at the Mad Max films to see the range of technology that you can have. Yeah, 
um, you know, from, you know, people fighting with crossbows and things all the way up to, you know, laser weapons. So in in terms of sort of encounters and scenarios, are there ideas for that? Or you've got to... Yeah, there are scenarios. There are scenarios in the book, you know, get the stash and, you know, traditional sort of... There's not a, a huge amount of innovation in the scenarios. Yeah. But then what game has innovation in the scenarios? I was, you know, as I say, we were playing Saga yesterday. There's not a lot of innovation in the Saga scenarios. We're going to fight in the middle. We're going to you, cross the you river. You haven't played all of them, have you? What haven't, what haven't I played? I don't know. Have you played all of them or not? I think so. The King of the Hill one. and Yeah, I suppose there is there is a certain amount of... Uh... I mean, they, you know, they, they, the reason that they work is because they're well tested. I'm not, it's, not, it's not a bad thing. Yes, yes, okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do their rubbish. Um, you know, they work well. And, you know, a, a treasure hunt scenario, everyone likes playing a treasure hunt scenario. It works well. I mean, that's why there's a treasure hunt in open combat. One of my favorite rule systems going at the moment. There's a treasure hunt scenario. It's set up slightly differently, but it's still a treasure hunt scenario. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a get the objects off the edge of the board type scenario. Yep. They, I mean, so, these are all come from... Uh... Counter-Strike type environments, though, haven't they? Yeah, or... yeah, yeah. Oh, they oh, are. Really? Yeah, I mean, capture, capture the flag, and um, all of those, all of those sorts of things. Protect the president, and stuff. get the launch codes. But I think, I think it's, I think it's very cool. I mean, there was a very cool concept of a TV program uh, called Revolution, mm-hmm. where basically the power had all gone off. Oh yeah, you remember you uh, somebody there, saying there was about a, it. There wasn't it, and it it went downhill um, as many TV series do. American TV but, series, well, no British TV series as well. Oh, I suppose so. Yeah. Well, you can't tell me that the later the later series of Men Behaving Badly were as good as the beginning. I didn't watch it all the time, so well, see, that's why. <laughs> and so. You know, I'm I'm really quite excited by it. I mean, it's not going to take away from playing the other things that I want to play. Um, you know, I'm still working my way through uh, the other, you know, my Ogam stuff and things. It's not gonna it's not gonna affect those. It's just an, it's just another another game to get out and play. And I think it's one of the beauties of where I am at the moment is that I don't because I don't play in tournaments. Or not playing in tournaments, That's and right. I don't, so I don't, so I don't think about. Oh, I've got to get tournament practice games in and stuff. Um, I can go. You know what? I think I might just push some figures around the table. Yep. And and as I said before, I'm very fortunate that I've got a game, a local gaming group that we can just push figures around the table. Um, Spoons, I know, is already working on an idea of. Uh, a load of children on a school bus. So he's got a, he's got he's got a school bus figure, a school bus model. Not in reality, I hope. Well, I don't know. It's been... <laughs> so he's got a school he's got a school bus model. Yeah. Um, of the right sale, one forty third or whatever it is, that he's going to apocalypse up and put you know bullet iron plates it, yeah. and stuff on it, and then he's going to use the school the children figures from things like Hassle Free and stuff, the children survivors. And that's his gang, and then this teacher. I'm hopeful that he'll make 
you'll have like a robot nanny or something. That's really cool, actually. Yeah. Because the the concept of kids trying to survive in that it, it, you know in that sort of environment means that they probably have to grow up and they look like kids, but actually they they could be killers. Yeah. So you're going to go out and buy some then? <laughs> no, no. I bet you. I bet you've got figures in your collection. Oh, you... no doubt I have, but um, I need to. I need to take stock. Uh, as much as it appeals to me, I need to take stock and get my first game of Ogam in, for instance. And that's true. And uh, get the guys to experience Dead Man's Hand and and yep. make them make them aware of that. I mean, I've got buy-in from from guys at the club for, for some of these games so I've got to try and take advantage of that in terms of uh, playing the game and seeing if we like Yeah, and the, be- the beauty of these games is that they are short, they take what, an hour hour and a half, so you can easily play two games in a session Yeah. Um, and we often, I mean certainly around here when we are introducing these sort of things we often play doubles Oh, so people get the experience of playing it as well Yeah, yeah I mean, that's what we were doing with um, Ogam at the weekend when we were at, all at Spoons' house. We just played doubles Ogam because then the people who haven't played before are playing with someone who has played before. Yeah, I mean, that's what we did with Dead Man's Hand when I was around. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It works well and you, it keeps that community group thing going better. Right. Well, I'll be interested to uh, see yeah. how it so I'm gonna get. So I'm going to get them on and... Um, I really enjoyed. I've only I painted one figure so far, and which it's I very really, nice as well. Yeah, thank you. I really enjoyed painting him. Um, I've got another three on the go, and then I need to find some. I bought some guard dog type models uh, that I'm going to paint up, and uh, I still need to decide on the basing. That's the thing I haven't decided on yet. Um, when are you planning to have your first game? Then do you reckon? Um, don't know. Don't know. Uh, I think, what are we doing next week? I can't remember. We've got an extra session this week, so... An extra session this month, so I can't remember what what game we are playing next week. Um, but I'll get, I'll get one in. Um, Dwayne has been painting up some stuff, so we'll sit down and we'll play a couple of games. Well... Uh, and see how it goes. Yeah, come back and uh, we can... You can go through how it went. I will do. Right then. Until then, you've left the window open in the post-apocalyptic bunker. Damn, the fallout count's gone through the roof. And there's slime coming in. Can you go and clean it up, please? Yes, Dad. And Dom, don't take the dim the, the gimp mask off, please. You almost said dimple, then. <laughs> don't take the dimple off. <laughs> or a wimple. Maybe Dom's a nun. And put the sheep out. Meh. Ship the ship out. Bye bye. You can contact the Fools Daily on Twitter, we're at Fools Underbar Daily, or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com. <laughs>